Episode 102 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. What do you guys want to talk about today? Anything specific? Anything you're thinking about? Pissed off about? Concerned about? What a disaster it was Sunday down in South Beach. What a debacle. And so they're not out of it. The playoff, I mean. The Giants are not out of the playoff race. I don't know if anybody is in the NFC. The Lions might be. The Lions won. We know that. Everybody knows that because that's all anyone seems to want to talk about the last couple of days. But I think the Lions needed like everything in the world to happen. So they may be out of it. But the Giants aren't out of it. Giants are 4-8. I believe the 49ers are the final team in the NFC wildcard right now. They're the 7th seed. And they are 6-6. Six and six. So the Giants are still in it with five games to go in the regular season. So they're not mathematically eliminated. But the playoff chances are slipping away. And it is looking like it's going to be a fifth consecutive season in which the Giants are not playing January or February football. Okay, Obviously, they have two games in January in regular season, but you know what I mean. Fifth straight year without the playoffs for the Giants. That's what it's looking like it's going to be. If you still had hope, I applaud you, but that hope may have run out on Sunday. Just saying. Because what a disaster it was. Nine points. That's it. The lowest scoring total for the Giants this year. Which is saying a lot because of how bad this offense has been. And again, I said it last week after the win over the Eagles when the Giants scored 13 points. If you thought that there was going to be much of a difference, if any difference, between Jason Garrett calling the plays and now Freddie Kitchens calling the plays, I'm sorry, but you were in the wrong. You were not smart. I could have called you an idiot there. I could have called you a moron, but I decided to be nice. If you thought there was going to be much of a difference, if any, you were wrong. Because regardless of who's calling the plays, it's tough to operate when you don't have that talented of a quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones or Mike Lennon. And to be honest with you, you could have made the argument that it wouldn't have been much better with Daniel Jones playing on Sunday in comparison to Mike Lennon. Probably would have been a little bit better if Daniel Jones was playing, but I don't think it would have been enough because it's not like this offense has been stellar under Daniel Jones this year. So when you don't have an overly talented quarterback, whether that be Jones or Glennon, when you can't run the football, Saquon Barkley has yet to get going this year on a consistent basis, when you don't have that great of an offensive line, when you have injuries to numerous offensive weapons, Sterling Shepard didn't play, Kadarius Toney didn't play, Kenny Galladay wasn't 100%, he was questionable questionable during the matchup, he left the game, then came back. When you have that scenario, whether it be a quarterback, run game, offensive line, wide receiver, whatever it is, It's tough to operate. It's tough to 
find consistent production, regardless of who your play caller is. I mean, look at the receiver position. Shepard and Tony are out. Galladay is at 100%. So if Galladay is not in the field in that scenario, you got Darius Slayton going against number one corners, which obviously is not ideal. He's not a number one receiver in this league. He's just not. He hasn't been. Who knows if if he will be in the future? Who knows? But he's not a number one receiver right now. Darius Slayton isn't. So when you have Darius Slayton going against number one corners and you can't run the football and you don't have a good offensive line and Mike Lennon is playing quarterback or if Jones is if, if Jones is playing quarterback, either way, you don't have an overly talented quarterback under center, you can't operate. And we saw that yet again on Sunday. If you thought there was going to be much of a difference from Jason Garrett to Freddie Kitchens, you were in the wrong. And I've, I said it last week after they scored 13 points against Philly and I'll say it again after they scored nine points against Miami, a team that is six and seven, five and seven entering the game. I know they were red hot. They had won four in a row entering week 13, but still only five and seven entering the game. Not exactly one of the AFC's premier ball clubs, to say the least. Offense couldn't do anything. Defense, while strong at times, wasn't good enough to keep the Giants in the game. And thus, the eighth loss of the year. Defense was okay. Only allowed 20 points. But to be honest with you, with how bad this Giants offense is, when the Giants went down 20-9 to with 11 minutes to go, I started writing the postgame article. Because I said to myself, that's it. You think that offense can score 11 points in 11 minutes? They couldn't score 11 points in one half. The Giants couldn't. Not right now. When it went when it was 20 to when the Dolphins went up 20 to 9 with 11 minutes to go in the game, I said that's over. It that's it. It's over. How can you expect Mike Lennon and not out that offensive line which can't figure out the left guard spot with an inconsistent Billy Price at center, Nate Solder playing the right tackle spot. Will Hernandez isn't great. You know, no Shepard, no Tony. Saquon Barkley is basically obsolete at this point because they can't run the football whatsoever. Kenny Galladay, not the most durable receiver in the league by any means. How can you expect that unit to score 11 points in 11 minutes? You can't. It's gotten to the point now where the Giants defense has to be perfect for this team to win a game. They were strong on Sunday, the defense was, but it was not perfect. Thus, 4-8 in a year in which many thought the Giants would at least be a lot better than last year, which was 6-10. With the new weapons who obviously, that obviously can't stay healthy, with Jones hopefully improving, he obviously hasn't. With the offensive line getting some continuity, it doesn't. Injuries to Nick Gates and Shane Lemieux. Andrew Thomas missed a couple of games here and there, went on IR with ankle and foot injuries earlier in the year. Saquon Barkley back, which was always, which was everyone's, it seemed to be everyone's end-all, be-all argument. I didn't think that was a great argument that he was coming back because what has he really done on a consistent basis since 2018? In a year in which many people had hope, four and eight. And if this NFC conference wasn't so bad right now, the Giants would be 
way out of the playoffs. They probably would have been mathematically eliminated last week or two weeks ago at this point. But thanks to how bad the NFC is, the Giants are somehow still in it. Two games out of a wild card spot with five games to play. I wouldn't have hope though. I'm not trying to say, oh, they're two games out with five games to play to give you guys any sort of hope. Because I care about you guys and I don't want you guys to be disappointing when the season's over. Because you got to see the, the the remaining schedule the Giants have is not ideal. It's easier than it once was. Don't forget they played Kansas City and Tampa Bay and Vegas earlier in the year. Still not pretty, the final five games. They got to go and play the Chargers on the road. Chargers team that just beat Cincinnati, another playoff team, by 19. Then they got to go play the division-leading Cowboys. Then they got to go play Philly again on the road in at Lincoln Financial Field. And I know they just beat Philly, but Philly is better than some people believe. They just won by double digits, albeit against the Jets, with Gardner Minshew and not Jalen Hurts. Chicago in Week 17. Chicago is not great. That's probably their, their. It's definitely their easiest game left on the schedule. And then they got to go play Washington, final game of the year. And Washington has won four straight right now. And our, Washington is a playoff team if the season ended today. They are the number six seed in the NFC. They are a wild card team at this moment. I don't think they can beat the Chargers. I don't think they can beat the Cowboys. Eagles on the road. That's tough. Washington, also a tough game. I could see the Giants going 1-4 and four to close out this five-game stretch. So they end up what? 5-12? and 12? Who knows if at that point Giants fans are going to want them to beat the Bears because, you know, they, the Bears obviously have their first-round pick, so you got to start thinking, oh, do they want to win that game, lose that game? Who knows? But regardless, I could see the Giants going 1-4 and four the final five games, end up 5-12. and 12. And they actually regress from last season when everyone thought they were going to improve from last season. It's tough. It's a tough. It's 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 a tough situation. But that's what happens when you they when you ignore the offensive line issues. They basically ignored improving the offensive line in the offseason. They didn't make any big moves when it came to that area of the field. Everyone on the every starter at the beginning at the beginning of the season on the offensive line were with the team last year, and the offensive line wasn't ideal last year. We all remember that. This is what happens when you don't improve the offensive line. When Jason Garrett still runs a prehistoric offense, obviously he's gone right now. But as I said earlier and last week with Freddie Kitchens, it's not going to make much of a difference when you don't have much talent that's healthy on the offensive side of the ball. This is what happens when you don't focus on the important moves that you need to make, such as improving the offensive line, such as improving the offensive play calling tendencies. Giants did neither this past offseason or earlier this year. And guess what? 4-8 and eight, heading into week 14. Could be 4-9, could be 4-10, could be 4-11 before you know it. December 26th, they play the Eagles. A day after Christmas, they could be 4-11. Then it's really over at that point. Unless the NFC is really as bad, like still as bad. Then it's over. 4-11, and done. Actually, regardless of how the NFC 
the state of the NFC at that point, four and eleven would more than likely it, the Giants would be done out of playoff contentions at that point. Imagine being six and eleven somehow and making the playoffs. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Four and eleven. Basically, what I'm saying is, in three weeks, almost three weeks, Giants could be seven games under 500. In a season in which everyone had hope, everyone was confident, or it seemed like it at least. Terrible. And now we don't know who's playing quarterback next week against the Chargers. Right now, it's looking like it could be Jake Fromm, who wasn't even with the team less than a week a week ago. I think at this point, I think the last Tuesday, it's Tuesday now. I think last Tuesday they signed him, so off the Bills practice squad. So it's been seven days since he, since he came over to East Rutherford from Western New York. Jake Fromm, 2025th rounder, hasn't taken a snap in the regular season at the NFL level. Ever. He was on the Bills practice squad. And he's expected to go against this Chargers team, which is looking like it could be a playoff team in the AFC, which just beat Cincinnati, another playoff team, another potential playoff team, rather, by 19 points. Jake Fromm is expected to go against that that Chargers team with this Giants offensive line, with this running game that can't get going whatsoever, with these receivers who, who knows who's going to be healthy. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Now, what are you going to get out of out of uh, Jake Fromm? We don't know because he hasn't played in an NFL regular season game ever. But I can tell you this. The safe bet would be that it's not going to be great for Big Blue on Sunday at the quarterback position. And it's a wait-and-see type of deal because we don't know. What, we've never seen Jake Fromm play at the NFL level in a regular season game. But, you know, it signs, the signs are pointing towards it being a disaster for the Giants this Sunday afternoon out West. Jake Fromm, plus that offensive line, plus these receivers who can't stay healthy, plus this running game that can't find any sort of consistent production. Not good. Not good. Four and nine is on deck. Four and nine. That's what's going to... Another loss is en route for the Giants this Sunday. Not ideal. If you thought the offense was bad with Mike Lennon, you may have another thing coming for you with Jake Fromm. Just just to just to warn you all about what may arrive on Sunday. Not going to be good. I bet you the game's over by halftime. I hope they prove me wrong. I'm rooting for the Giants to prove me wrong. But in my honest opinion, from my perception about how everything has gone and what the roster looks like now with Jones dealing with his neck strain and Mike Glennon dealing with his concussion. I, I bet you the, I bet you it is uh, not a close game even by halftime, or at least the third quarter. Expect the Chargers to run the ball for much of the second half to you know, run the clock and close that game out and what should be an easy victory for LA. I don't even know what the, the spread is. I'm actually kind of scared to look. I know we got our best bets episode coming up later in the week, but I I, I I can imagine it's, yeah, Giants are 10 and a half point underdogs. The under is 44, which is reasonable because the Giants can't score. That's right. Over under 44 with a Chargers team that just put up 41 points on Sunday. 
Chargers scored 41 points on Sunday. And in their next game, the total is 44. That's how bad the Giants' offense is. And that's how bad it's expected to be with Jake Fromm under center. Not ideal. But, let's root for a Giants win. I know some of you are rooting for draft picks at this point. Because it's that time of year again where you start rooting for draft picks for the Giants. I know they got two of them that are going to be in the top 10, maybe top 5 with how the how bad the Bears are. But let's hope the Giants prove us wrong. Okay, let's hope Jake Fromm proves us wrong. If he plays. I'm not I'm not saying, listen, I want to preface, I know I not really preface because I already spoke about it and we're getting to the end of the episode here. But it's unclear if Jake Fromm is going to play. It's not confirmed. But Daniel Jones isn't likely to play, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. And Mike Lennon still has to go through the concussion protocol and who knows if he'll be cleared by Sunday. So signs are pointing towards Jake Fromm playing. In my opinion, it's likely Jake Fromm at least comes close to playing. If he does, let's hope he proves us wrong. Because right now, I don't think he's. it's going to be ideal, and I'm sure many other Giants fans, writers, podcasters, whatever, don't think it's going to be an ideal situation for Big Blue, Big Blue either uh, when it comes to Fromm potentially being under center in this game. Because he's still learning the playbook. He's only been here for seven days. Only been with the team for a week. Once the game arrives, it'll be 11 days after he was signed off Buffalo's practice squad. 11 days to learn that playbook. With this offensive line, this run game, and these injuries. Again, I don't think it's going to be ideal for Jake Fromm, and neither does a lot of other people, but we're hoping he proves us wrong. All right. So, later in the week, best bets episode, best bets for week 14. Got a couple of good games, too. Couple of good. I mean, Dallas, uh, Washington. That's an important game for the NFC. Is Washington is playing good football right now? Four straight wins. Uh, Raiders are nine point underdogs for the Chiefs. I may have to take the Raiders in that game, as far as the spread is concerned. I think Kansas City will win, but I, I don't know what's up with Mahomes. I really don't. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, what else we got? Baltimore needs a big win over Cleveland. Cleveland's obviously Cleveland's actually favored in that game. Uh, the night game, the the Sunday night game is like you know it, it's pa- I, I don't understand why it's not flexed out already. I think it, I don't know if, I don't know what the cutoff for games being flexed is. I, I would assume that it's already past that, but it's Bears Packers right now. I think they gotta they gotta change that game up. Maybe put Bills Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Although I don't know what the whole thing is. With I, I forget I don't know what TV network Buffalo Tampa Bay is on. I would assume that might be Fox America's Game of the Week with Buck and Aikman, but it could also be on CBS with Romo and Nance. So maybe either network has that game locked and it can't be flexed. Um, but Monday nights Rams Cardinals that should be a good that should be thesis. We got Rams Cardinals Bills Bucks, um, 49ers and Bengals. That's a good matchup. Cowboys and the Washington football team. That's another good one. So we'll talk about a bunch of the games uh, on the Best Bets episode later this week, as well as uh, preview the upcoming Giants game, uh, upcoming Giants matchup with the uh, the Chargers, which uh, should be uh, interesting. So without further ado, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 102 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey ESNY. That's at Ryan Honey ESNY. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, 
wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, talk to you guys later in the week, and uh, have a good one.